Soy Leiniel Domínguez y estás escuchando el Full English Breakfast. Did Vienna go well for you lots? I have to say, my favorite city in Europe. Lovely city, isn't it? Uh, unbelievable. I played in the Vienna Open, I think it was last year, and it's actually played in the town hall, which is like one of the most spectacular buildings. They're not doing it for two years because the, the right. town hall is being redone. But I mean, I'm definitely going to try to play in 2019 because it's just, it's in summer. The park outside's lovely. They have a little festival normally going on. It's a great tour to play. Really, really is recommended. Yeah, just yeah. in general, the, the city's just, for me, it's just mind blowing, isn't it? It's just but got The everything. city's amazing. Yeah, the yeah. architecture and the yeah. history and uh, just Even that, yes. just like the nightlife, there's tons of cool hip bars you can go to. They've yeah. got something for everyone there. Are you guys rolling, by the way? No, uh, no, I'm not no. rolling yet. What about you? Are you playing anything before the British side? Or? Uh, I'm playing the 150-year anniversary of the Dundee Chess Club up in Dundee, just before the British. Are you recording now? Um, I'm not. Shall I when shall is we that? record now? Should we do, let's put it on record. Let's put it on All record. Right. We're on. And hopefully that, that is, is rock and roll. What's this one in Dundee? Um, it's just before the British, and it's 150-year anniversary of the Dundee Chess Club. Um, so it's a pretty pretty big thing, and they they really? having a, yeah they're having an all play all competition, grandmaster competition, and uh, I think an open alongside it. And I I just need a bit of practice before the British, which is about four days after. Are you playing the all play all? I'm playing the all play all, yeah, which is quite strong. They got some great great players. They got um, who have they got there? Well, they got some ice, this Icelandic kind of legend. Is it Olfsson? Olafson? Olafson, Yeah, he's quite strong. No? He's quite strong. Yeah, you got Rosenthalis. Uh, you know Rosenthalis, the guy with the funky moustache. Of course I do. I've played him. Yeah, yeah I've played him, and then some other people. Like I think you got Pierre Crambling playing as well. Okay. Andrew Greet is one of the Scottish guys playing there. Uh, Colin McNabb. So yeah, it's, it's just a good warm up before the British Championships, basically. So it's the uh, Scottish Championship. Is it? Yeah, I'm just pulling it up. It's ScottishChampionship.co.uk, and they say 150th anniversary international invitational tournament, and this is July 15 to 23rd. That looks like a pretty cool event. It was amazing what Google can do nowadays. But um, there's yeah. also <laughs> a, a, a Blitz and Rapid Championship, and there's yeah international open alongside. I might have to pop down to this thing. Never been to Dundee. Yeah, I mean. Uh, it's quite, I mean, Dundee, for the first time I played there, I played in my first ever British Championships, the main event, when I was 12, and that was in Dundee. Um, so it's, yeah, going to be quite a nice place. I mean, I love Scotland, so uh, that would be my warm-up for the British, personally. So it looks like they haven't yet announced the field for the All-Play-All. Right, okay. It just They just mentioned that it will be 10, 10 well-known participants. Right. Okay. So well, you're one of them. Uh, cool. Apparently so, yeah. Me and some, well, legendary names who are much more well-known than me in the chess world, I'd say. But they, they've, got a, they've got a very interesting lineup, certainly, play, playing there. You know, sort of some old legends. And they've tried to pick a lot of people who've had a connection with Scotland as well, in some way or form which I think is quite nice. Yeah, it should be a fun tournament. Well, a little bit of news from my side. 
I'm going to be leaving Chess24 in June. Wow. And okay. it is now clear that I'm also going to be moving over to Chessbase. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. wow. Okay. Okay. Holy big news. That is big, big news. news. Congratulations, I, th I think is in order. You know, I think Chessbase obviously is a great company, but I'm not going to be critical, but I think the one thing they really could do with is some young blood to, to sort of bring some new ideas in. I mean, they've got a great thing. They've got the software and Pascal does a great job. The other guys do a great job, but I think they've got so many new things they could try as well to improve personally. You know? Well, they have been making some clear improvements over the past year, which I have noticed. And uh, well, I, when you say they need some young blood, do I qualify or am I too old for that? You qualify if you put yourself in their ranks, you're young blood, Macaulay, definitely. So, <laughs> okay, yeah, well, that's good to know that I can still be young blood at 38. Yes, you can. We, we can. we can try, can't we? We can try. Well, I'll be starting there July 1st. July 1st, huh? Okay, great. Yeah, congratulations. That's good. Good to hear. What's, what's going on with Chess24? I mean, maybe you can't talk about it, but it seems... Well, I'm still uh, working for Chess24 through June 30th. You can tell me afterwards. So. <laughs> but actually, uh, well, Chess24 will come up on the podcast today. But first, I also wanted to just have a brief coda on the story we talked about last week. Yeah. Uh, the Michaela Sandu FIDE Ethics Committee decision regarding uh, the cheating allegations against her. Because right after we uh, published our episode, she sent around a uh, an open letter to... To, uh, chess media yeah. that raised a number of interesting points, some of which we also talked about, uh, raising a question about the more specific harm to her uh, in the tournament, especially highlighting that the, the sanction against the players who leveled the uh, spurious allegations were quite light. Yeah, it's quite funny. I, I also read Macaulay, I, I think it was the... Um uh, again, on Satovsky's maybe Facebook page and, um, you know, his organization was saying that the sanctions were too harsh, you know, and it wasn't the player's fault who wrote this letter together. It was the arbiter's fault because they they put this letter together and they, they were meant to do it in private, but the, it was actually the arbiters at the tournament that made the letter public. They're putting more of the blame on the organizers and arbiters. This is a quote. Some may even say it was mainly their fault that exploded the whole situation. Well, what's your, what's your opinions on that? I mean, I can tell you my thoughts quite quickly uh, because you've got two opposing views here, really. You've got Michaela's view. Um, and I have to say from her point of view, I was, I was reading about some of this on just chess.com uh, and the thread and unfortunately, there's still a large number of people who don't know the facts, who read this story, they skim read it. And the first question they ask in the chat below is, so was she cheating or not? And then, the, you know, so there's so many people out there who still, still of the opinion after reading these stories that are coming out now, that she still was cheating. They don't know. So her name is still being tarnished because of this, which I think is terrible. You know, just make it particularly clear in these news articles. They've got to make it clear she was not cheating. And people, because people still have these doubts. And uh, I, I think that the sanction should be much sterner because she's still getting problems as we speak. Yeah, know? the ACP points out that the fault of the signatories of the letter was not to use the special downloadable form in the FIDE anti-cheating regulation. So yeah, a little bit of a technicality that they're harping on. Well, anyway, you can read Michaela's uh, open letter response to the Ethics Commission on our Facebook page, facebook.com forward slash the FEB. I, I was actually looking at Facebook, Macaulay, and uh, I was uh, a little bit upset. My, my heart cried a little bit that um, obviously you had this great interview with, uh, oh God, Radic 
uh, Wojciechek. Yeah, you did well there, okay. sorry. That was good. That was a good sorry. effort. Sorry, Radek. That's good effort, I did, I did better than I normally do. And um, I saw in one previous thing you had Lawrence's great victory up on Facebook against uh, Niels Grandilius. And I was hoping you might sneak in my my 19-move winner's black against Radek. Oh, definitely. In the bonus clip. It's one of my only times I've played a game of chess where it's worked well. So, you know, it, I've got to live off this for the rest of my life. Well, I don't think, I don't think that's true. I remember your wins against Gelfand and you beat some other very strong uh, players. A couple of people. And I've got a feeling the British Chess Championships is going to be your reawakening, Simon Williams. I, 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 think. I think we're both going to be back, Loz. We're going to be back there i think we're going to be fighting we'll be there i think we're going to be on board one in the final round last round i like we're it. both going to be on seven out of eight yeah and well let's say let's say we're on seven half out of eight we can take a quick draw and go into the playoffs we could do that should we do that i mean come on i'll I'd, tell you what i think i'd i think i'd be happy with that to be totally honest wouldn't you I i'd mean, be I happy think... to go in the playoffs with you laws you know just split what, what what are the playoffs do we split the money or how does it I work think we split the money we play for the title i think that's how it right, works. that would be beautiful that wouldn't it wouldn't that just be stunning oh that's like a that's a fairy tale that's a dream that that's a fairy tale <laughs> i don't know how david Gawain and luke and nick and everybody else will feel about oh, who cares about them <laughs> we wanted to uh, check in with an event that uh, is not being covered uh, and that's the fide grand prix in moscow yeah the latest in the Aegon series of World Championship events, which uh, is probably the highest profile tournament, or at least the tournament with the highest profile players that you've never heard of. Yeah, that sounds about right. As as recently as uh, the day before, or maybe even the, the first day of the uh, tournament, the official website, uh, worldchess.com, uh, still uh, was showing information about the previous event in the UAE. Nice. Good, good, good publicity that is. Well, well done, guys. Aegon seemed to have a habit of shooting themselves in the head on a regular basis. I did notice uh, on Facebook that Fabiano was also having trouble finding some information. Emil Sutovsky basically posted something about the tournament. I can't remember exactly what it was. And I saw a comment from Fabiano saying, oh, I didn't really even realize this was happening, which is really bad. One of the world's best players to not even know that a qualifier for the candidates is going on is, is an unfortunate reflection of the state of things within the chess world and particularly Aegon at the moment. And I know these guys quite well. Obviously, I met them at various points when I was working with Fabiano. I met them at the World Championship match when I visited New York. And although I think some things they do pretty well, this side of things is clearly not working out at all. And it seems like the model simply, it can't be right. I mean, if the world number three or four player doesn't even know that this tournament is going on, that's a problem. What I don't understand, Loz, is, um, you know, this company, Aegon, they clearly got some big guys behind them, but their sort of publicity, uh, you know, what they've created themselves and their name for themselves, they, they're just completely destroying themselves. I mean, like, you know, they've disillusioned the chess world, the general public, through various things they've done, like trying to charge people for commentary, which I, you know, I, I'm not saying that's necessarily a bad thing, but the way they did it is completely crazy. Trying to sue other companies for, um, you know, doing stuff and just, just they seem like they, they seem to me like a bit of a bunch of bullies. And you know, then their public, their publicity for this tournament, they haven't done. I don't know where they're putting their money. They're putting their money into crazy things when they're forgetting about the main areas like publicity and 
getting people interested in the game. It just seems like they're doing a lot of things wrong. They, they are. I mean, look, I, I have got some sympathy with the objective of trying to commercialise things. Like, I think if we look at other sports, you know, especially elite level tournaments, most of those sports you do pay money to watch, right? If you watch Sky Sports on a Sunday and watch the Chelsea Man United match, you are paying a package to watch that. But the way they are ostracising the chess community... There, there, there has to be some kind of compromise because it's just not working. Well, there's, no, there's nothing wrong with charging for commentary. Right. And there, there's nothing wrong with commercializing the sport. Right. We're, we're all on board with that. Yes, no, I agree with that. But they've yeah. really gone above and beyond by, for a long time, uh, making this uh, very specious uh, legal claim as far as the transmission of the moves and the, the reproducibility of, of live moves. Right, yeah. But also ostracizing the chess community. I mean, just one good example that I liked was uh, Peter Docher's uh, reported who's who's in Moscow and and reported that the uh, that the chess media was kept in the dark about the location of the opening ceremony. So they, they specifically didn't want anybody from the chess media coming to the opening ceremony. I guess because there wasn't enough space, um, which he also mentioned as as being a problem. But I mean that's just bizarre. I mean, do you, do you think they even care? I mean. It, it... It just seems that they don't care. It seems like they've got... I've seen some of the sponsors they've got. They've got some major sponsors they pulled in, you know? What major sponsors? Well, haven't they got this um, computer virus? What's it? Kas, you know, what's, I Kaspersky. Kaspersky, yeah. who've put money into it. Okay, but the main sponsor has been Fosagro, which is basically an underwriter of the Russian Chess Federation for many years. So that, that's not a going out and getting anyone new. And they've recently touted this new one, Vimplecom, which was just announced, oddly... A sponsor of the ongoing tournament announced in the middle of a tournament, which is not usually the way that sponsors of, of tournaments go, because it's already, of course, too late to get into any of their uh, print media and their billboards and logos and so on. But um, yeah, I was interested in this. So I, you know, if you if you Google uh, this new sponsor of Vimplegum, the first thing you find is uh, multiple CEOs resigning amid corruption charges. Right. Okay, good stuff. I mean, most recently, uh, their CEO resigned in 2016. This guy Mikhail Slobodin, because he's the subject of a corruption probe, and the company itself is Dutch. So of course, the the Dutch uh, don't want to be uh, involved with any uh, corruption allegations. So he was was quickly out. But even in 2015, CEO at the time got into trouble with the U.S. Justice Department about bribery in Uzbekistan that actually went to a $800 million fine. That's quite a nice fine. It just seems like there are 40 towers of the chess world, really, um, in some ways. I mean, I do like to say, I think, I think I agree. You know, I agree with both you guys that trying to commercialize chess is a great idea, but you have to be so careful about how you go around doing these things, because I don't see a way back for Aegon now in the future. I mean, they, they've completely disillusioned the whole chess community and whatever they try now, I don't see how they're going to recover their, their image. Their, their image has been totally destroyed. And, um, you know, I remember meeting this Andrew Paulson, which I know Lawrence met as well. And I, I have to say some of his claims are also completely ridiculous. You know, what did he say? A hundred million people... He did this survey. Played 600 million. 600 million people played chess. He expected millions of people to tune into the broadcast. I mean, it was just complete fairy tales. I mean, again, he's just they're just making stuff up, which any sane person wouldn't believe. But it's not just Andrew Paulson. I mean, even now, they're, they're still touting that the expectation of having millions of spectators on the official site. But they know is, this is going to be complete. Right? They yeah. just lie.
lying. It's just complete lie. So, I mean, you know, I'm not going to say, you know, I want them to do, I wanted them to do well. It's great that we've got some people trying to do stuff like this, but you need to be very careful how you go about doing it. And uh, that- Well, you know what it is? It's playing for the mainstream media. I mean, it's, it's you, yeah, you don't care about the chess media because you want the mainstream media at the opening ceremony, not the chess media. And the mainstream media would like to, uh, you know, hear about these big numbers and will, and in some cases may report it uncritically too. So, you know, if you have some mainstream reporter who goes and gets some beluga caviar and then you say, oh, we're going to have millions of people watching our world chess, and then they write that and they don't bother to actually look into it a lot of the times, whereas the chess media knows that this is total BS. Well, I so mean, they don't get invited. Yeah, I mean, the point is, you, you can't you can't build anything on these weak foundations, you know, on foundations that are just going to fall apart. I mean, okay, they could tell the media this, that they're going to get, you know, they've got all these numbers, the media report it, but a real sponsor, real people are not going to invest without doing a bit of research. And they're going to find out that all these, all these statistics are just built on complete and utter rubbish. And, you know, like you say, cutting out the chess media, it's just what the, you know, you can't go about running a business like that, a chess business is it's, it's suicide. Yeah, it's very, very sad, isn't it? And, and what's really sad is the actual tournament that's taking place over in Moscow at the moment, it's not being covered yet. Some landmark performance performances, well, one in particular, is being made. Uh, none other than Shaq Manajarov, who has officially broken the 2800 barrier, um, which is amazing. He's always been, obviously, an extremely talented player. He kind of stalled for a while, 2750, 2760, 2770, but has had a breakthrough. What, what that breakthrough uh, can be attributed to, I don't know. But maybe we can even think about getting Shaq on the show one day. Definitely. Um, finding out. Because for me, he's a he's a great player. Now, I mean, he's just a great player to watch. His style, I know Simon very much likes the way Shaq plays. He's, he's aggressive, but he's kind of like it, it's a kind of very, very well thought out aggression. I mean, I totally agree. There's, there's a certain players, Loz, which, you know, I... I sort of look at and you can just tell they have this natural talent you know even with the, the elite players some of them i think okay they're like trained they're just workhorses trained up trained up trained up i mean they've all got some talent but some some of these players like uh, you know Shaq, you can just see the talent in their ideas that they have something special i think is what i'm trying to say you know you can see that in their moves they play they have a, you know they have something extra and he certainly has something extra and a lot of players in the 2700 region. No, definitely. I mean, tactically, he's unbelievable. Um, he's very resourceful as well. And uh, one of the big strengths he's got is he can win with black. He's one of these players that can just play with both colours and it doesn't seem to phase him a lot. So he wins with black a lot, uh, which is which is important. Yeah. Ding Liren also is playing really well and is on uh, plus two over there. So, yeah, so a real shame, but we'll see what happens in the Grand Prix. Well, uh, as always, we do value your feedback, uh, good or bad, and are happy to uh, engage. This is going to be interesting. The best way to do that is uh, either via Twitter at The FEB Show or on our Facebook page, facebook.com forward slash The FEB. And you know, the way Facebook works these days, you don't even see our posts necessarily 
Uh, well, certainly if you don't like the page, but even if you do like the page, I don't think you really even see our posts unless you uh, deliberately go and check uh, facebook.com forward slash the FEB. Um, we are posting some bonus clips there, usually posting something interesting there between shows every week. I also added uh, Simon's win over Radek Wojtaszek. Ah, uh, thanks, Macaulay. Under the bonus clip from uh, last week's episode. That's a bit of, bit of pressure on my behalf doing that. Thank you. <laughs> Next time on The Full English Breakfast... Have you encountered yourself uh, in the chess world, sexism or misogyny? And how has that manifested? This is a question. No, I, I never felt like that. Uh, let me think. Oh, it remembered me. Actually, once I was playing like the Aeroflot Open, uh, there have prizes for the general prize. It's like for 32 places. And also there are prizes for the best juniors. And I remember I was someplace like 30 something, but not in first 32. And then because there are less than three women participants, so that's why the prizes are not there anymore. But since I'm also playing well, I could get into the junior prize. But then finally the organizer and arbiters explained uh, it belongs to like the women players. So, so they're sorry that junior player prizes are not there for you. Well, I think that about does it for this week. All right, guys. Uh, I am in New York for some vacation for a few weeks, but we'll try to see when we can catch up on Mohamed Yarov's exploits. Yeah, good stuff. And Sounds good. Perfect. Thank you guys as well. All right, boys. We'll be in touch. Computer is being horrible to me. It seems to have changed lots of settings.